Amen. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. If you have your Bible or Bible app, Proverbs chapter 2. We're now in part three of our series, Wisdom That Works. Everyone say that, Wisdom That Works. And before we even dive into the text, I want to do a quick review from last week's text, which was chapter 1, verses 8 through 33. And I gave you two points. You, you might remember the points. The first point of last week's text was advice regarding wicked companions. And that's in verses 8 through 19. And before Solomon gives his son advice regarding wicked companions, he first begins by telling his son to listen to his instructions, right, and to his mother's teaching. Because if he does, if he heeds to their instruction, if he heeds to their teaching, it says there will be a garland to grace his head and a chain to adorn his neck. In other words, people will notice the wise choices and wise behavior and wise words in his life. Solomon then gives the example of wicked, bad companions. These bad, wicked companions are living a life of crime, and what they're doing, they're ambushing, ambushing their own lives. And so Solomon straight up tells his son to stay away from them. Stay away from them. Don't walk with the wrong crowd. And the only safe course, uh, a part, a only safe course to part, is to part from that kind of crowd, part from that kind of company at once. Have nothing to do with them because if you're walking with the wrong crowd, you'll end up doing the wrong things. The second point, point excuse me, was advice regarding wisdom's counsel. Wisdom's counsel. And I gave you three subpoints underneath that point. The first subpoint was the call. Say the call. And that, that's in verses 20 through 21. Because wisdom is raising her voice, right? She's doing this. She's, she's crying out, proclaiming wisdom to those in the public place, in the town center, in the middle of traffic, in the busiest corner, right? A place where people congregate. The text says the gateways of the city. And she's calling out, she said, hey guys. Stop what you're doing and listen up. Listen to my voice. Don't get so busy that you forget to listen to the voice that can make the difference in your life. The second subpoint was the consequences. Say that. And that's in verses 22 to 32. And wisdom's like, since you're too busy, listen now, since you're too busy loving and delighting in your ways, satisfied with the way things are going. And since you don't, didn't want to listen to me and ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, listen to what wisdom says, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Now I want you to remember, friends, the figure here of laughing reveals the foolishness of choosing the foolish way of life being totally unprepared for disaster. So calamity and disaster are the consequences, say consequences, of re rejecting wisdom. And this is wisdom's way of saying when you come to the end and your life, listen now, is falling apart, wisdom's saying, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. You won't find me. Why? Because it'll be too late. Be too late. This is what you sought, was him saying. This is what you sought. This is what you wanted. This is what you ran after. You sought your own way. So now, because you sought your own way, so now you will have to eat the fruit of your way. In other words, suffer the consequences. I offered myself to you. 
I stretched my hand out to you. I was trying to get your attention, calling out to you, but you ignored me. You hated, as the text says, you hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. You rejected me, and now it's too late. You created these circumstances. That's what you did. You created these circumstances that you're now in. So now you're forced to deal with it and live with the consequences. In other words, what you sow is what you reap. The third subpoint was a consolation. Say that. And that's in verse 33. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. What a wonderful verse, right? Look at that. But whoever listens to me, wisdom says, will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So what this does, this summarizes the entire argument about sinners destroying themselves while those who listen to the voice of wisdom are saved from the dread of evil. In other words, this is the payoff of listening to wisdom's voice. Someone say amen. This now brings us to today's text. The title of my message today is Wisdom's Path. Everyone say that. Wisdom's Path. A newspaper cartoon shows an automobile balancing uh, precariously over the edge of a cliff with an embarrassed husband at the wheel and his disgusted wife sitting next to him. And meekly, he turns to his wife and says, Honey, there's got to be a lesson here somewhere. (laughs) Well, yeah, right? There's got to be a lesson. You know what that lesson is, friends? The only way to end up in the right destination is to choose the right path. Yeah? Yeah? the right road. In the book of Proverbs, the words path or way or their, and, and their plurals are mentioned about a hundred times. Also, you will notice this chapter and also chapters three and four is on the benefits and blessings God's people enjoy when they walk on the path of wisdom. If you got it, say got it. This, this entire chapter is one extended sentence in poetic form. And what it's doing is extolling the virtue and the benefits and the blessings of wisdom. And so as we walk along wisdom's path, we will experience wonderful benefits and blessings. And if you want that, say amen. There are four points from the text. Uh, if you're ready, say yes. Okay, here we go. Four benefits, blessings by walking on wisdom's path. Number one is wisdom sanctifies us. Everyone say that. Come on. Wisdom sanctifies us. Look at verses one through four with me. Solomon says, my son, if, now understand when he says if, that's conditional. It's a choice. My son, if you accept, say accept, my word. So that's an action word. In other words, you got to receive it, right? you you got to receive it. Now, you can reject it. You can refuse it as well. It's up to you. And here Solomon is exhorting his son to accept, to receive his words. It all starts right there. Then he says, and store up, say store up, my commands within you. In other words, what he's saying is retain it. Store it up. Let it sink in. Let it dwell in your heart. Let it take root in your heart. Hide them. Hide them in your heart because you're going to need wisdom sooner or later. You're going to need it. Verse 2, turning your ear to wisdom. Listen for it. Say that. Say listen for it. In other words, be aware. 
alert that wisdom is speaking to you. And make sure, friends, listen now, make sure your ear is sensitive and that you have a keen receptivity to its voice. Listen for it. Be attentive, and when you hear it, then turn your ear to it. That's what Solomon is saying. Someone once said, train yourself to listen. You'll be amazed at what you can hear and learn when your mouth is shut. 300 years before Christ, a Greek philosopher made a statement that every single parent on the face of this earth has quoted to their children. Right? You know this, right? It's the reason why you have two ears and one mouth. Got it? Is that you will listen more and talk less. That's good, right? That's good. That's good advice. Now listen, we need to train ourselves to be sensitive. Someone say sensitive. To the voice of God. To his, his wisdom. His wisdom. Listen to him attentively. Let's read on. Let's read on. And applying your heart to understanding. Say apply it. Come on, say apply it. Follow me now. Receive it, retain it, listen for it, and then apply it. Got it? Apply it. In other words, apply it to your life. Do something with it. And I want to tell you, friends, listen now, I want to tell you, it's not enough to attend church. It's not enough just to attend church. It's not enough to read a couple of verses or chapters a day and shoot up a prayer. That's not enough. It needs to go beyond that. It takes, listen, diligent application. It's applying it to your life. In other words, friends, wear the sermon on yourself. Obey God immediately. Got it? Verse 3, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. Did you get that? And if you call out, say call out. We can say cry out. Okay, for insight and cry aloud for understanding. In other words, pray for it. Solomon is saying, pray for it. Call out for it. God, give me wisdom, Lord. I need wisdom right now, Lord. And we all need the wisdom to know right from wrong, right? Who to trust, who not to trust. Wisdom to make the right decisions. While Solomon says, pray for wisdom. Call out for insight. Ask God sincerely. James 1.5, you know this, right? James 1.5, James says that we, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him or her. Got it? Just ask for it. Verse 4, and if you look for it, oh, I love that, ask for what? Silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Look for it. Seek it, search for it, work, dig, seek it diligently. We need to be, listen now, we need to be diligent seekers of God's wisdom. Let me say it this way, we ought to be hungry for it. Are you, are you hungry for it? We need to seek wisdom the way a miner searches for silver and gold, right? It's, it's, it's not going to fall on your lap, friends. It's not going to fall on my lap or your lap. We got to look for it. We need to search for it. If we want to obtain wisdom, we got to be a God seeker. Say God seeker. 
The, the Hebrew term here in the text, seek, doesn't mean a glance here or a glance there. The idea is that of a person, get this now, a person who is actively, passionately, diligently, relentlessly pursuing, searching for something with the expectation of finding it. Got it? Now, can you imagine how our lives and our walk with God would be if we would just seek his wisdom the way we put the effort to make money? The effort to gain wealth for ourselves? Can you imagine? Imagine putting that kind of effort and that level of effort into seeking and searching and looking for the wisdom of God through his word. Listen, godly wisdom, spiritual riches are more valuable than gold, silver, and riches. Can I get an amen? So I want you to follow me here, okay? Listen now. If you receive it, retain it, listen for it, apply it, pray for it, and seek and search it, two things happen, okay? Two things. Follow me now. The first thing, look at verse 5a. Then you will understand. Come on, are you with me? What? The fear of the Lord. That's what happens. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. As I receive it, retain it, listen for it, apply it, pray for it, seek and search for it, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? In other words, we will come to a place where we, where we will be in awe of who he is. You know this, right? We said this many times so far in the series, acknowledging God for who he is, that he's God and we're not. And that there's no one like him, that he's the author and, and the giver of wisdom. You see, what it does, it brings us into an atmosphere of worship. Say worship. Now, I want to I tell you the difference between praise and worship, because there's a difference between praise and worship. Praise is thanking God for what he has done and what he will continue to do in your life. That's praise, what he has done. See, what he has done. Worship is acknowledging God for who he is. Praise, thank you for what you've done. Worship, acknowledging God for who he is. You're God. Are you guys with me? So then you will understand the fear of the Lord. The second thing is this. Look at verse 5b. And find the knowledge of God. So follow me here. So in the atmosphere of worship, in other words, acknowledging God for who he is, we will come to know him in a deeper and more intimate way. So to sum it all up here, friends, we will have a deep respect and reverence for him and a closeness to him. There will be a personal Intimacy, say intimacy, intimacy with him through obedience to his word. Got it? Stay with me now, verse 6. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth, say mouth, come what? Knowledge and understanding. So who gives wisdom? The Lord, God. God does. He's the source of wisdom. Right? He is a source of wisdom. So when our hearts are filled with God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, what's happening? Think about it. I'm going to say it again. When our hearts are filled with God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, what's happening? What's going on? What is it, friends? Well, here we go. We're being sanctified. Say sanctified. Where do we get wisdom from? God's Word. Right? God's Word. And when we're filling and saturating our minds and hearts and lives with his word, guess what we're doing? We're getting sanctified. Got it? Say sanctified. 
In the Greek, the word sanctification is hagiasmos. It means separation or setting apart. In the Hebrew, it's kadash. Say kadash. It means set apart or consecrated. And I want to tell you the dominant idea of sanctification is separation from the secular and the sinful. Separation from the secular and the sinful. Now follow me here. Sanctification is the process of spiritual growth and maturity. It's moving toward the image of Christ. I love that. It's moving toward the image of Christ being formed in our lives. It's growing, this is now, in holiness. Got it? In fact, let me say this. You are presently being sanctified. It's happening right now as you open your mind and your heart to the truth of God's Word. So you're being sanctified right now. Someone say amen. John 17, 17, what does it say? Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. We are sanctified by the Word of God. If you're saved, say amen. When you get wisdom, listen now, friends, it sanctifies you. It changes your values. Your values are no longer based upon your opinion or your preference. It's now based upon the authority of God's written word. So here's a lesson. You ready for the lesson? Very simple here. Spend time in God's word. Spend time in God's word. Bury your, your face in the word of God. Take the time to read his word. Sanctification, listen, friends, in its very essence is the shaping of the believer to be like Jesus Christ in every way. And this is why we need to be in the Word. Yeah? It strengthens our walk. It guides our path. It makes us more discerning. Above all, again, here we go, it's moving us toward the image of Christ being formed in our lives. Don't you want to be more like Him? Don't you want to live and be more like him? Yeah. Well, you got to be in the Word. you got to be in the Word. Spend time in the Word. Read the Word. And I want to tell you this, and get this, God is ready and willing to pour out his wisdom on our lives more than we are ready and willing to receive it. I mean, he's just ready to pour it, ready to pour it into our lives. Are you guys with me? So wisdom sanctifies us. Number two is wisdom secures us. Can I get a, an amen? Secures us. Look at verses 7 through 9. He holds victory in store for the upright. The King James says it like this. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. What this means, friends, is that when we come to him and say, God, you know, Lord, I'm in this situation, and I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom, Lord. And he's like, good, because I've been storing it up for you. So here you go. And he just pours it into our lives. Look at the text again. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. The upright means morally upright, someone who's honest, integrity. But he's so ready to pour it. Don't you love that? God, I need you to say, I'm glad you asked. Here we go. It's all stored up, man. Yeah? Let's read on. He is a shield to those who, whose walk is blameless. Not perfect. Blameless means no hidden secrets, no skeletons in the closet, no surprises. Blameless 
Verse 8, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Verse 9, then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Now, you and I, we know this, right? We know that you and I, we're going to encounter opposition in life. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But this is what secures us, that he promises to shield and to guard and protect us, that his wisdom in our lives becomes, listen now, a process by which we are able to deflect ungodly stuff, right, that would otherwise hurt us or harm us. Listen, God will direct us. I love this about the Lord. He will direct us into successful pursuits. He will direct us into every good path. What he does, he preserves the way for his children. If you're a child of God, it's a good place to say amen. If you're saved, say amen. You're secure. Listen now, friends. You're secure because wisdom puts before you the right criteria so that you can make the right choices. Because let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Even with the best intentions, you and I, friends, will make the wrong choice apart from God's wisdom. Right? Because our feelings are are a lousy indicator. Yeah? And this is why we need God's wisdom. God uses wisdom as means to keep us secure, uh, to to keep us safe in this world that we live in. Chapter 4, verse 6. Write that down of Proverbs. Chapter 4, verse 6. Do not forsake wisdom. This is what it says. And she, speaking of wisdom, will protect you. Love her wisdom, and she, wisdom, will watch over you. So wisdom sanctifies us. Wisdom secures us. Number three, wisdom satisfies us. It satisfies us. Look look at verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. The Living Bible renders it like this. For wisdom and truth will enter the center of your being. I love that. Filling your life with joy. Huh? Joy. So when wisdom, listen now, when wisdom is residing at the very core of your heart, of of our hearts, of our being, then it will resonate through our entire lives with joy. Huh? Joy. You see, we're not only saved, we're also satisfied. (laughs) Right? Right? Hey, praise God, we're saved. Amen? But we're also satisfied. And there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a saved person who's living a satisfied life in Christ because of wisdom, right? Wisdom and truth is now dwelling in our hearts. That's why we're satisfied. Write this down, chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. I believe we'll cover this next week. Chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. This is what it says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, For she, speaking of wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She, speaking of wisdom, is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her, speaking of wisdom. Long life is in her right hand, wisdom, and her wisdom, left hand, are riches and honor. Her ways, wisdom, her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She, speaking of wisdom, is a tree of life. 
to those who embrace her. Those who what? Embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Yeah? Blessed. 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 Wisdom sanctifies us, secures us. Wisdom satisfies us. And number four, we're going to spend some time here. Wisdom saves us. Say that. Saves us. Write that down. I want you to notice, first of all, it saves us in the text here. It saves us slash protects us from godless men of corrupt principles. Corrupt men of, excuse me, godless men of corrupt principles. So I want you to follow me here, verses 11 through 15. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. And I want to stop there. The message says it like this. Good sense will scout ahead for danger. Insight will keep an eye out for you. Love that. Verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked, crooked, and who are devious in their ways. So wisdom will protect, keep, save us from depraved, from a depraved lifestyle, right? Depraved lifestyles, uh, depraved value systems, depraved deeds. From falling, this is how it will save us, protect us from falling in with the wrong crowd. It will keep us from many, say many, foolish choices and harmful consequences in life. And you see, friends, without wisdom, we will fail to see the warning signs. Listen, wisdom, in other words, this is it, man. Wisdom keeps us from doing stupid things, dumb things. And what it does, wisdom fills our hearts with prudence. Say prudence. That's a great word, prudence. We learned this, friends, right? Prudence is the ability, what? To make right choices. Discerning. It counsels us. Wisdom counsels us, guides us, protects us, saves us from taking the wrong path, from taking the evil path, from making bad choices, and from hanging out with bad company. We need wisdom. If you need wisdom, say amen. Hey, especially now, right? Especially now, it is difficult to live in a society and a culture that has ruled God completely out of its conscience. Right? Listen, church, what we're seeing today in today's world is what happens to a society, it's what happens to a culture, a world that turns itself away from God. Would you guys agree? And this is why that being said, this is why we need to be very, very careful, listen now, very careful about the input we allow into our lives. Very careful about the, the kind of company we allow to influence us. About the, the programs that we watch on, on TV, uh, the kind of movies that you and I watch, the kind of websites that we go on to what we're watching, and what we're doing on social media. There's a lot of trash out there. And yeah, it's trash, right? And if we don't fill our lives with 
Godly wisdom, if we don't fill our lives with God's word, that trash will begin to influence our minds and our lives. Notice, I was going to say Simon says, (laughs) Solomon says, wisdom will not only save us from godless men of corrupt principles, but also from godless women of corrupt practices. Of corrupt practices. Look at verse 16. It will save you also from the adulteress. That's the immoral woman. From the wayward wife with her seductive, we could say smooth words. And and we're going to see more of this, friends, uh, the warnings against sexual immorality as we go through Proverbs. We'll see more of that as we go through it. Now, if this verse were written to a woman, it could just as easily say, you'll be saved from the influence of an immoral man, okay? Now, this woman knows how to use flattery successfully. Listen, seducing begins verbally. Yeah? Seducing begins verbally. Hey, guys, listen, men. Hey, guys, men. Do I need to remind you about what happened to Samson? Huh? I mean, you know the story, right? Judges chapter 16. Go home and read it, friends. Samson was, was, was buff. Guy was a stud. He had muscles in places where I have no places. He was strong, handsome, had long hair, and everything was cool until he met this gal, Delilah. And what she does, she seduces Samson. She flatters him. Oh, Samson, you got big muscles and beautiful hair. and She flatters him. And the result of that is Samson lost his sight, his strength, and his ministry. Are you guys with me? Now, I want to be fair here because some guys are pros as well at using flattery, right? And we guys say, well, I love you. I love you, baby. Right? We hear that, right? I love you, baby. You're the only one. The only guy. You're the only one. All right? And they say those things because women want to feel loved. They want to feel secure. They want to feel important. But flattery is not sincere communication. It's manipulation. And some guys will use flattery, listen now, just to get you in bed. Why is it quiet? Hmm? And by the way, friends, listen now, when those guys... Say, I love you. No, they don't. They love themselves. Are you with me? And this is why you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Verse 17, who has left the partner of her youth, speaking of her husband, and ignored the covenant, say covenant, she made before God. So this woman of godless practices left her husband and forsakes the sacred marriage covenant that she made before God in her marriage. In other words, she's taken the, the path of sin. So here's the lesson. You ready for the lesson? Honor the marriage covenant. Honor it. Honor it. For those of you that are married here, you need to honor the marriage covenant. Yeah? You made... Whatever that day was, wherever you were, that day, that wedding day, you made a covenant before God, a covenant to each other 
for richer or poor, right? We know this. In sickness and health, listen now, in boldness, boldness and bad breath, to death do you part. You stick with it. Amen? And I know the road gets difficult at times, but you stick with it. You honor the marriage covenant. Someone say amen. Now notice the results of falling into this woman's trap. Verses 18 through 19. For her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of the dead. Verse 19. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Did you get that? You see here in Proverbs, it's warning us of the severity and danger that's associated with giving into sexual immorality. And Solomon is telling his son, son, this is serious stuff, man. This is no joke. This is serious stuff. And if you go down that path, son, if you go down that road, that path, that road is a path, the road of death. Be careful, son. Now, I want to point out something to you. The word death in the text is not merely ceasing to live in the physical sense. That word death, what it means is to be led astray. It could lead to death, but it means more to be led astray. If you got it, say got it. Now, I want to say this. This doesn't mean that God will not forgive or restore someone who has committed sexual immorality. God is in the business of forgiving. God is in the business of restoring. Can I get an amen? And, I mean, we read it in the Bible, those who messed up, right, who found a sexual immorality, but God forgave them and God restored them, Right? And if you have fallen to sexual immorality, God can forgive you and God can restore you. Just come to him with a repentful heart. Can, can someone say amen? Now let's, let's close this, this message with the remaining verses of this chapter, verses 20 through 22. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men, which is a good way, right? Right? And keep to the paths of what? Of the righteous. 21, for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. Now I want to stop there because he says the upright will live in the land and the blameless will what? Remain in it. This could be referring or means uh, it could be referring to the promised land of Canaan. Could be referring to that. Or in the eschatological sense in that it looks forward to the new heaven and the new earth where righteousness dwells. Or it could also mean, and I, I kind of like this meaning, it could mean those things, but that the godly will be rooted in the place of God's blessings. In other words, they will be established in life. Verse 22, but the wicked, you notice the comparisons there? Comparing that to this, the wicked will be cut, what, off from the land, and the unfaithful will be, what, torn from it. Do you get that? So what's the lesson here? As we just focus on these, la these uh, several verses, what's the lesson? Here we go. Choose the right path. Choose the right path. Choose it. The godly path leads to life of fulfillment. 
It leads to a life of fulfillment. And the wicked path, the ungodly path, leads to a life of futility. So either you can choose fulfillment or futility. It's your choice. Listen, on one path, you will be established, rooted, and dwell in safety and delight. On the other path, you will dwell in uncertainty and destruction. It's your choice. You have a choice to make, right? And you see, the safest and most satisfying path is the path of wisdom. It's the path of life. And it's your choice. So let me ask you this. What path are you on? And I want you to think about that before we close here. What path are you on? What path are you on? The path that establishes you? That makes you dwell in safety and delight? Or the path of uncertainty and destruction? What path are you on? Let's all stand as we close. Father, we thank